You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Mark. Smelly cat, smelly cat. What are they feeding you? We are not Phoebe's backing singers. We think <laughs> no, we'd be no. terrible. There's no harmony in there whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't do karaoke. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, you'd probably think it'd be a pretty drunk to hear me do karaoke, but I think it would be fun provided I can't hear myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can do for you guys having to hear me. Um, but welcome back. We're back with season two, episode 17, the one where Eddie moves in. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for you to have a bit more energy now. I want to, I want to know what we're doing with this episode. Well, I, didn't I, I thought we were going to carry on with last time. Like, you know, Eddie moves in, Phoebe gets a, a music video. Oh, you want, you want the, yeah. the synopsis? No, I'm not going to do that this time. Oh, okay. No. Oh, well, I guess it'll just be my episode. Just your episode, yeah. I haven't time. got any excitement. No. All my excitement <laughs> is used out with my tangents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no. It's a good episode, to be fair. It is, yes. Let's get into it. Oh, hang on. Be- before we get into it, can we talk about uh, Matthew Perry and Matt LeBlanc first? Yes, always. So... Matthew Perry is uh, released in a book later on this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in November. looks very exciting. It's a tell-all book where he tells all about his life and the ups and downs, and I'm sure there's a lot of Friends stuff in there. But what I've been seeing lately is uh, sources who are, who are unknown saying that uh, Matthew Perry and Matt LeBlanc are no longer friends, and in the book it will be told why. You know, Matthew Perry goes, Matt LeBlanc was not there for him have the full details and I'm wondering is this actually something or is this just someone somewhere trying to build up hype for the book with like oh juicy story and then it turns out actually it's not my guess would be it's marketing um, all part of the ploy uh, it, it's one of those things where I, if I ever wrote like a tell or in like 15 years time <laughs> yeah. I'm like the truth behind watching friends um, oh, it'd be pretty boring right it'd be pretty boring <laughs> like what happened well Mark used to get annoyed how many tea breaks I'd make us have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but I feel like if you were ever going to write a book that had like an expose tell all, I hate the phrase tell all because it immediately implies drama and kind of conflict where there yeah. doesn't really need to be any, um, as far as I'm concerned at least. Um, but I would imagine that you would at least have the courtesy of going, oh, remember when we had that big argument about whatever, that's in the book and you give them yeah. out. Oh, I just, if you're in my book, I'd send you an advanced copy and be like, look, is there any of this you'd really rather me leave out? Like, yes, it's my story, but if you're involved in other people's truth in it, then... Well, yeah, like you... You've only got one side of the story. There's always two sides. Yeah. And also, yeah, do you really want to air that about your friends? Like, even if you're no longer friends anymore, you still had probably some connection. And there's probably something in, like, the back of your mind where you're like, well, actually, I don't really want to badmouth them. No. But but when money's involved in a book deal, like... Well, plus, with all the advertising, like, advertising is advertising and marketing is what it is. So it's the marketing's job yeah. to make the book sound as irresistible as possible. Yeah. But at the same time, we've like these websites and kind of news sites and reviewing sites, clickbait is king. So if they can paraphrase a sentence, so for instance, I mean, obviously we haven't read the book, but the, the sentence could read, oh, I felt as if Matt LeBlanc wasn't there for me during my hard time. In reality, I just wasn't open to the support. I think that's what it's going to be. be like. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I hate him. He was absolutely disgusting why wasn't he there for me but if i'm writing my clickbait headline it would be i'd pick the first half of the sentence matt leblanc wasn't there for me and you yeah. go sell the book <laughs> yeah. and in reality he's actually saying he tried to be and i wouldn't let him i would imagine there's gonna be lots of 
We I, were no longer friends after the show ended, but now we are friends. Like dot 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 is going to be cut out, isn't it? Yeah, given given the little we know about kind of the the issues Matthew Perry's had over the years, my assumption is that if he and any of the cast aren't friends, it's more to do with him than them. Well, yeah, he's already it, in the reunion. It was mentioned how the cast didn't know what he was going through at the time. Yeah, with with his drug issues and stuff like that. And I don't think anyone even in the world really knew. Like, yes, he had his jet ski accident and people were like, oh, yeah, he's having to take pain medicine. That was kind of it, really. Yeah. Uh, sort of the same with, like, Michael Jackson. Like, he had to have loads of uh, pain medication and addiction to those and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, at the time, like, and, he, and it depends how much he's told them. Like, he might not have told them anything. And generally people who are on drugs or going that way don't, to their friends and not going hey guess what I'm having lots of Adderall every night it's great yeah when you're in that kind of position I mean I've, I've never had an addiction to substances but I've been like depressed or whatever um, and you drink I'm, an awful lot of tea I do drink a lot of tea but I mean I remember obviously we've all we've, we had many a joke on this podcast about like my, my last relationship and the way it ended um, I spent a lot of nights kind of at home drinking depressed but no problem was I like hey Mark guess what I'm doing yeah. Like, there's loads of beer in the fridge and I'm drinking and being sad listening to Celine <laughs> yeah, Dion. Yeah. Like, I didn't tell you what I was going for. Right. I like, oh, like, if you, don't, you can't expect people to psychically be aware. No. So I don't think that he'd resent anyone for that because most people, especially if you came out the other end of that kind of thing from, like, friends who's had similar experiences, it's very kind of, I guess, self-emitting in the sense that they, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, that was, that was my problem. Yeah. It wasn't your fault. Sorry I took it this way. So I imagine it would mostly be a an, an horrible book about horrible things but with a positive kind of end i guess so i i'm actually really looking forward to seeing this book because we don't really get a lot of official friends books there's a lot of unofficial stuff uh, so if anyone out there is listening from the publisher and wants to send us an advanced copy we'll definitely do a, a watching friends talk about it i can read it to you on patreon it'd be great but oh, i can oh, order oh, yeah imagine imagine the sultry tones of your voice coming out yeah asmr edition i'll just whisper the entire thing that'd be great <laughs> you, you and your up. asmr seriously it's relaxing like, man i think we should get onto the episode now yeah we can we can do that i'm allowed to go yeah yeah we we're can, allowed we can, to we do that now. we can go all right uh, we open at joey's new apartment in woodstock tower which we briefly mentioned last episode because i did research we always like it when i do research <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're correct, yes. when I'm correct. <laughs> um, which we found out was you know a good a good 30 minute walk from the, the guy's apartment, the, the, essentially. Yeah, the village, so yeah. It's a fair long way. But Joey is showing off Cassida Joey to Rachel, Phoebes, Ross, and Monica. Apparently, he decorated himself. Yeah, well, like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, but guys don't decorate. And putting, putting stuff out isn't decorating. Decorating to me is, you know, painting the walls or putting wallpaper up or whatever. Not, yep. I've got some stuff. Like, you putting your TV in your living room is not you decorating. No, I've just put my stuff <laughs> in the stuff places <laughs> yeah. and then all the decorating. I mean, the only thing I would ever say I've decorated is I've hung a, a game day poster from the first Devil's Game I ever went to on the wall. Yeah. It's as close to decorating that I've ever actually had a conscious choice in. Normally, I, it's just... Well, yeah, because okay. I, I guess back in, like, the 80s and 90s, like, your parents would have had wallpaper up and they would have had, uh, like, cornicing and stuff like that. Whereas now, most people don't decorate. It's a white wall with your white furniture from Ikea. Well, most, yeah, most people are in the situation of renting, so yeah. they can't change half the stuff. So, yeah, you do just see white walls with, you know, or beige walls or cream walls yeah. with insert colour of Ikea furniture because it's cheap and all you can afford. And you don't want to... No one wants to buy a giant £500 oak coffee table that in, like, two years, potentially, they're going to have to lug to a new place. Yes. Like, no. No pottery barn, thank you very much. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting what he has kind of 
decorated, if we want to use that word. I mean, I'd call it tacky, but I guess technically you would call it kitsch. Yeah, it's interesting when you actually look at what he's got in there, how kind of modern it still is today. Like, I could imagine all that stuff existing in a, a showroom somewhere, if not in people's houses. Yeah, I guess. I mean... Because when you look at some TV shows, you're like, oh, that's definitely retro with that wallpaper they've got up or that floral pattern. Whereas his stuff, like the, the dog, for example. Yep. I could imagine people buying that from Ikea all day long and putting it somewhere and going, look, this, this is my dog. I don't know why that's never been mass produced and sold because no. people would buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I get what you mean. I suppose there's a lot of stuff in there, but even if I didn't want that entire setup, there's probably one or two things in that apartment where I'd go, oh, I love that. I definitely want the uh, the glass window with the water coming down it. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. There's just like, <laughs> like, just like it. Yeah, I, I, well, I like water feature type things anyway. But that, I'm just like, yeah, that looks cool. I think that's cool on the table. Do you like it in of itself or just because of the episode? Uh, a bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah, bit of both. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but Joey asks why Chandler didn't come. And Ross expertly explains that he had the thing with the thing. Smooth. I mean, I'm... I don't lie very often, but when I do, I'm much better at it than he had a thing the, with the thing. The friends are absolutely terrible at lying, aren't they? Every single one of them is so obvious. Like, I, I feel like... I wouldn't say that we're, we're good liars, because that's probably not a, a good thing to, to boast about. But we wouldn't be like, oh, it's the, the thing, you know, the thing? Yeah, the thing, okay. Well, like, I guess when, most of the time when I lie, it's for a good reason. So it's like, oh, have you bought me a birthday present yet? And I'd be like, no. I've yeah. been busy. That's a terrible lie. But, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I would I'd tend not to lie about anything bad because I don't do any many bad no. things. But Or if someone didn't turn up, the lie would be different. Of like, oh, you know, he uh, had to go to work. But I feel like if, if all of us were going to look at your new house and one of us couldn't make it for a bad reason, on the way, the rest of us would discuss why you're not there. But yeah. right, if anyone asks, he had a dodgy curry last night and he can't leave the toilet. So if he asks any of us, we all go with he's stuck on the loop. I feel, I feel like that's already too much information. Because like, well, yeah. most, most bad liars, well, most people who do lie give themselves away because they give too many details. Yes, he went to the restaurant on 32nd and 4th. <laughs> yeah. And there he had the chicken chow mein. But yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, but I'd just be like this. I'd be like, oh, yes. he's, got, he's got the trots because he had a curry. Yeah. And then you go, all right, even yeah. though you know I might be fibbing, yeah, at least you'd have something repaired. I wouldn't just be like, uh. Yeah. And, then, and then you get the classic sitcom trope of where I message him going, hope you feel better off that curry. They're like, what curry? <laughs> Yeah, see, I'd cover all bases. That's why you're not here. Or, more likely, because I'm old now and have got less patience with this kind of thing, I'd be like, if he asks why you're not there, I'm just going to tell him you're upset he moved out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going yeah. to out yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's easier. <laughs> it's much easier. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. But uh, Joey then shows off the prize thing in his new house, the prize appliance, which is a brand new toilet phone. Yeah. Why would you have a phone in the toilet? Well, we're used to having mobile phones. Um, I remember a, a stat coming out a while ago um, about how more people in Britain have phones at a younger age than anywhere else in the world. So like a seven-year-old in Britain will have a mobile phone. Yeah. Whereas in America, I don't know if it's to do with the cost of like wireless plans or that kind of thing, but people don't get their phone in the States till like their late teens. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, and I've got, unless you're a very well-off family. It's, it's not a thing that children in the States seem to have phones, or at least yeah. wasn't when this stat came out. So we don't really have to think, why would you have a phone put in the bathroom? Because we can just take... In fact, most men do just take their phone in the bathroom. Well, no, I, I guess back then, you would have had a phone downstairs. You might have a phone, like, in the hallway or maybe upstairs. 
potentially a cordless phone so you could take it from downstairs to upstairs. You wouldn't have one in the toilet. Like, like, I get it now what you're saying, like, yes, your phone's always on you. But back then, like, how often would you be like, I'm waiting for an important call, but I need the bathroom? I'd probably had one, especially if <laughs> I was a single bloke. Yeah. Well, that's uh, when your good thoughts come to you when you're sat having your constitutional. So yeah, if I was yeah. sat there and thought of a great, great episode for our Patreon, Mark, I'd be like, oh, I've got to tell Mark right now. And it was the 90s. <laughs> I'll drop the phone and be like, doo, 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 doo. Mark. And then you'd like, what are you doing, Ryan? I'm like, plop. <laughs> what are you doing? And I've like, I got this episode. And I would do it. Which is weird because I don't use my mobile phone on the loo. I've got nothing more to say. <laughs> I'm just going to be silent. One of our mutual friends, there's some Ryan over sharing. It's like he can't go to the bathroom functionally without FaceTiming me. He FaceTimes me all the time and I'm like, are you in the bathroom again? He's like, I don't want to recognise this bathroom it's, scene. It's, is it like when you have like kittens and you have to, to wipe their bum otherwise they won't go to the toilet because they're, they're tiny kittens? Is it like that where basically he can't go without you kind of being, yeah. being there? It's like, oh, I've been in here a while. Better call Ryan. And then I just get a FaceTime phone call of like a chin and nostrils. A FaceTime as well? Yeah, he always FaceTimes me. And like his chin and his nostrils. And then I'm like, you're in the loo, aren't you? Because I can recognise. But he's moved house recently. And I don't recognise his new bathroom ceiling now, so I have to check. Whereas before, I'd be like, you're in the loo again? He'd be like, yeah. I'm like, for God's sake. No, no it's, it, for me, it's the same with people who read on the toilet. Like, what are you doing in there that, that requires that much time that you can read? I mean... There's a, there's, a, there's a theory or an idea that I heard floated once that was that a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times, men, especially for the sole man in the house, and growing up in a house of three women and me, I can relate to this. Sometimes the only place of solitude is the loo. So you would tech like the newspaper or whatever, or you know, nowadays your phone, and you'd be in the loo for half an hour because you'd just be like, oh, I'm going to look at the NHL app, read about hockey. Just sitting here away from the chattering women voices for, for half an hour and you would, you know, you would decompress. Yeah, no, if I ever see like a newspaper in the toilet, I'm not touching it. It just looks dirty to me. Well, I mean, it depends if it's your house, doesn't it? Like if, so if I, you came to my house and there was the sports section. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a sports section. So you would look, if Nintendo official magazine was in my bathroom, <laughs> would you No, mind? no, I'd, I'd be like, no, it, it just feels dirty. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll know to not leave any reading <laughs> yeah. materials out for you in the future. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we should probably get off this toilet talk. Yeah, well, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then we were saved from toilet phones by the credits, which I don't like skipping. We haven't spoken about this before, but when you, I watch Friends mostly on Netflix or a streaming service. I don't like skipping the credits. Do I, really? Yeah, I like the little because also my memory's terrible, and I can remember what happens in which season. Um, so sometimes I like watching the credits and go, ah, this season because I get little snippets of what's going on. I. It depends what I'm doing. Like sometimes having credits on is fine because I'm like, oh, I'm going to respond to a text message or whatever. Uh, if it's the, the new season, yeah, because the credits change. But otherwise, no, generally it's skipping. It depends how lazy I am. If I can be bothered to pick up the remote, push up to push to select skip. <laughs> or if I'm like, oh, it's 20 seconds, I'll, I'll just watch it. It's fine. That's fair. Like, like, because the Friends credits are quite interesting to watch. Like some, some credits on, on shows, you're quite boring. I mean, the best TV show for credits of all time will always be Frasier because oh, they're yeah. about seven seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And, and they're actually quite interesting as well because they, yeah. they constantly change. And I think that's the thing. When they do constantly change, that's what makes them interesting. And Friends has lots of interesting scenes shown. It isn't a like one credit that plays for 10 years and it's the same, same thing, thing over, and over, over yeah. again. Yeah, like I skip Buffy's credits all the time. <laughs> they, they're very good, but they're very long. 
Mm-hmm. Like I like the music. The music's great in it. Yep. But yeah, the credits are, are just overly long. You're like, oh, skip, skip, skip. Oh, it's only on Sir Michelle Gellar. Oh, skip, skip, skip. Oh, Anthony Head. Plus, oh. for the first couple of seasons, they leave the scream that Amy's mum does in when the spell bounces off the mirror and hits her back. It's like a, there's like, it's not like the Wilhelm scream, but it's a very distinct sound effect of that yeah. scream. And they leave it in for the first couple of seasons, and it annoys me every time because my memory doesn't remember it being there. So then I'm watching the early seasons, and it hits, and I'm like, stupid scream. So I always skip it for like the first three seasons until you see more lights of dust too, and then I'm all good. Do you know what? People are lucky that uh, we don't have a Buffy podcast, or they'll be thinking things up with their their phone right now. <laughs> Why did it swap podcasts? Uh, yeah, we are the Friends podcast. We are the Friends podcast. Uh, but we're at Central Perk, because, you know, it's a Friends podcast. Uh, Rachel's great as her job, as always. She drops an apple pie into a man's hood, but disguises it well by now using the empty plate as a saucer uh, for the mug she's carrying. Yeah, like, okay, you've dropped in, but surely you just, I don't know, like, you could reach in, because it was on his chair, right? Or was it on his back, the hood? Uh, on his back. Okay, so I think she could have reached in and just been like, oh, just, sorry, I just nudged you. Sort of thing because we do see later on when Ross does grab it out, it is a little bit drippy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but you can't just leave it in there because he must feel he must feel the weight of that as he's walking. Yeah, you'd assume so. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's just the fact that she left it in there for so long. I mean, it's a nice little smooth move from Rachel though. Like I'm impressed by the I've got a cup, I've got a saucer or yeah. plate, and I'm like, oh, I just combined the two. Like I thought that was <laughs> yeah. clever. Um, she eventually passes this uh, mug to Monica, and you can clearly see that the mug is empty. Oh, she's probably had a few sips out of it herself, right? There's nothing in it. I don't notice things like this very often in TV shows where people are like, look, you can see the boom mic. And yeah. in this season, you can see the, the plane on the, you can see the camera crew on the plane. But there's nothing in that mug. May, may, maybe in real life, she's actually a bad waitress and she was just spilling it everywhere. Yeah, like, oh, God, just, just give it empty cups, <laughs> yeah. it'd be fine. But then it just, I then found the idea fascinating of how many times did the actors have to sit in Central Park without a drink and just like keep lifting it to their lips. Yeah. And I was like, I'd hate that. Imagine just giving me an empty cup and pretend you've got tea. I'd be like, no. Well, that that's a skill in itself is is trying to eat and drink whilst being on TV. And if you really pay attention to, to people doing it, they're either taking like little tiny nibbles, so when their lines are ready, like they haven't got a mouthful of food, or they're moving stuff around the plate to look like they're actually doing things. Or they're about to get a drink, they pick it up, about to drink, then they'll talk and they'll put it back down. And it's it's actually like more fascinating than it, it really has any right to be. Think about it. Whenever I think about movie eating, I always go to one movie and one scene in particular, and that's from Matilda. Right. Uh, have you seen Matilda, yes. the movie, when Boris Bugtrotter has to eat the chocolate cake in the <laughs> assembly? And I'm always like, that, that, I don't know how he really takes that talk or if that kid ate much cake, but it's all over his face when <laughs> it does eat. And literally, I probably saw that film, what, when I was like eight? Well, yeah, because that's the other thing. If you're doing multiple takes, like you don't want to drink like, look at uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc when he has to drink the, the gallon of milk. Like, he doesn't drink most of it. He spills most of it down his front. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, he does it once. And, like, oh, we need to do that take again. We uh, messed up. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not doing that again, is he, for a while? <laughs> no, to be fair. But uh, well, then Phoebe joins us with some exciting news. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You are not going to believe this. I have just been discovered. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I claimed you in the name of France four years ago. <laughs> Okay, now promise you won't like freak out and say how great this is until I'm done, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, I just met this producer of this like teeny record company who said that I have a very fresh offbeat sound and she wants to do a demo of Smelly Cat. Okay, I told you not to do that yet. Okay. 
and she wants to do a video. <laughs> I'm not done yet, okay? God. Okay. If that goes well, they may even want to make an album. I'm done now. Uh, yeah, amazing, right? She's been discovered. Yeah, fantastic news. I, I think this is the thing that a lot of people do is that they will want to be successful in something and they're just waiting for that lucky moment to get found. And I don't think it really works that way. Like a, a lot of people who are successful, like if, if they're doing like music or art or whatever, have become successful because they tried really, really hard, not because they lucked out and someone just happened to see, see them or something like that. Well, I mean, I can't remember the exact phrase, but there's a phrase to do with making your own luck and how hard work creates opportunities for luck. Yeah. Um, and I've got to agree. I yeah. mean, as yes, is there an element of luck in it? Maybe. Um, like you could argue that someone's lucky to have a talent in the first place, um, especially one that they haven't actually particularly had to work on. Yeah. Like a lot of times you can, you can draw or you can't, or you can sing or you can't. You can definitely improve whatever's there at any level, but I'm never going to be a Rembrandt. You know what I mean? No, like it's it's no. not happening. Um, but yeah, I do think you have to work hard. So I don't think people are just discovered. I don't know whether you could argue as to what Phoebe's done thus far counts as hard work. Bit of busking. Uh, yeah, pretty much right. Like she, she's not done this as a with an aim or as a job. She's done it for fun. Yeah, and I think that's that's the difference in some ways. So like for her to be discovered now is a little weird. Like she, she's been found in previous episodes. Like we had the the guy she sort of dated that who took her to the library to sing to kids. At the same time, even then, we was like, why did he pick her? Well, he only picked her because she was cute. Well, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So, so how did she get discovered here? Because if I heard her in a coffee shop, you might be like, yeah, she's fine. But you wouldn't be like, wow, she's amazing. Like, I can see that making millions. Especially given it's the 90s. Yes. Like, if, if I was to do a gig at a library and be truthful to kids, it would probably wind up on YouTube. <laughs> and if some producer saw that and went, you know, look at Justin Bieber, he's only where he is now because he puts videos of his performances or someone put videos of performances at school onto yeah. YouTube and then one thing led to another. Now it's really easy to believe, like, fair enough, she could have done that, someone could have seen it and then the record company have got in touch and gone, we want to record Smelly Cat. Yeah. The 90s, it's a bit like, mm. and I would have liked some explanation, like maybe someone had distributed it anywhere, oh, like okay. it was really poorly distributed from the looks of things. I, I wonder if that's because in, in America, yes, Friends would have been taken off. In the UK, we would have been behind. Mm -hmm. So maybe Friends fandom wouldn't have been there. And I, I feel like, because they did re-release the album uh, back when it was season four and, and Friends came to London. And that was kind of their big push again of promoting Friends. Yeah. So it did get re-released then, and I wonder if maybe that's why. Could have been, I don't know. I mean, probably. It was just a nightmare to try and find. Even so, when I went to HMV, when they had used to have their HMV import section, right. where they would get American CDs in and charge you a fortune. And I'm always going to be angry about this, Mark. A little tangent. I went into the shop on like a Thursday afternoon and bought Christina Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle <laughs> for like seven ninety nine from HMV Import. The guy who sold me at the counter didn't tell me that the British version of that single was out the next day for £2.50. <laughs> so I was like, I got the single! And then found out that I could have got it for two quid. That, like, oh, I, I'm just imagining you with your vinyl record player and your, your single and you're like, yes, I'm just going to listen to this one song over and over again. Just... No, you, you were old enough to have CDs. It was, it was a CD, yeah. yeah. I dipped out some record, but no, it was a CD. But it was just, yeah, that just always will annoy me. Every time I see HMV, I'm just like, <laughs> remember when the guy saw me that CD and could have told me not to. But do you regret not owning the Friends theme tune? I got it eventually. 
Okay. I think it was years later, but I don't remember when I got it. I just know that I did own that single because it had like B-sides and different versions of the same yeah. track on it. Uh, but it just when I wanted it, on that particular day, dragging my mum around the city, we just couldn't find it. Because I, I wonder how many people can name another Rembrandt song. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> like, like, you know, they've, they've made their money, right? They've, they've got a name for themselves. Like, it's, it's obviously helped their career in that way. At the same time, I can't think of anyone going, oh, by the way, you should listen to track four on there because that's really good too. I'm sure there's some decent tracks on there if you took the time to listen to yes. them. Um, but I would, I'd be delighted if I was them. Like, the fact that my R song would be like the soundtrack to a show that someone loves so much would be a fucking awesome thing. I I think it would be years later, right? Like 20 years on. And you're like, well, we're still playing every single night on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I I guess at the time, when you're trying to launch the new album and you go to a show and everyone's like, do friends! (laughs) (laughs) Because they're not even naming the track properly. They're going, do friends! You get probably get annoyed. Um, We've got some new stuff, by the way, guys. No, do friends! No, do friends! (laughs) I think at the time I'd probably just lean into it and be like, no, look, it's paying for my mortgage. We do friends. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, if we start a podcast after this and every time we go somewhere, someone's like, hey, do friends. <laughs> I'd be like, no. We I, did I, friends. I, well, I've already said that after we finish doing all 10 seasons of friends, we're looping back round again and starting again. Just starting again. again. <laughs> Cause it would just be a, a, a comfort thing, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely this Friends definitely is different now than it did back then. So what, give us, give us six years and yeah. see how different my life is. Yeah. See if I've completed any more Ross bingo. Yep. <laughs> but we're now back at the girl's apartment and Monica is frustrated that Ross is over all the time and is currently using the bathroom when she wants to. Rachel tells her to calm down as they're adults now, but we end up with the siblings teasing each other and acting like kids. Oh, yeah, like you... I, f- I think this is a really funny moment of... You know, Ross and Monica hang out an awful lot and they're they're fairly adult about it. Yeah. And generally siblings, like whilst friends, the, the age gap normally means they're not hanging out every day. Mm-hmm. Or they've got different lives. You know, Ross is at the, the Dinosaur Museum and Monica's a chef. Like they've got different lives and different friends and whatever. So the fact they hang out normally is quite cool. Yeah. But then to see them being like the kids they actually are when they're together a little bit longer... Is, is really great. Yeah, you get the, like this, this sibling dynamic comes yeah. back in. Like, I guess most of the time when you see, we see them, we see them as friends, and they just happen to be related. Yeah. Whereas in these scenes, they're they're very much brother and sister, brother and sister yeah. just yeah. being annoying. Which you know, it's just fairly, me and my siblings get on quite well. We don't have a lot like, kind of interest in common. Like, they'll sit down to watch Love and Hip Hop, and I'm like reading a book because <laughs> I don't want to watch that crap. But then occasionally, you know, like, friends will come on, for instance, and it's like, well, with me and my older sister, she's younger, but she's the older of the two sisters right. if that makes sense um we still make friends references at each other all the time and a puss in boots reference that won't die <laughs> right. which is i'm not going to go into because it's complete massive tangent um but, but yeah, yeah. So, so yeah it's, it is really great to see them and, like that. and just the the mimimimimimimis yeah you did just there are, there are things you would see yourself do when you're teasing a sibling that make you feel like an idiot but yeah. at the time you'd be like me 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 yeah and then you you realize that chandler's watching you giving you like this weird looking like Oh, he actually saw what I just did there. Yeah, it's like eventually when we get onto all the like Geller hand signals that yeah. they've invented, and then you've got like the dance routine and all yeah. these different sibling things that pop up occasionally. Um, it's, yeah, it's great fun. I, I like watching. Yeah, definitely. It's enjoyable. But then we're at Chandler's. It feels super weird to type Chandler's and not the boys' apartment. I've had that with uh, the next episode. I was like, oh, we're at Chandler's apartment now, not the boys. It's like, ugh. <laughs> it sounds like a shiver for you thing. It's like, <laughs> icky. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and Chandler is sat on the counter wearing husky dog slippers and asking them if you'd call Joey. And I think living alone has made Chandler lose his mind. 
So what do you say, boy? Should I call him? <laughs> well, you know what they say. Ask your slippers a question. You're going crazy. Hello? Hey. Hey! Listen, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't make it over there today. Oh, that's okay. You, uh, you had a thing. Yeah, well, I hear the place looks great. Oh, forget about it. I'm having a ball. <laughs> How's the apartment doing? Oh, hey, it's, it's terrific. I mean, it's a regular space. Fest? <laughs> oh, well, great. Yeah, I just... You know, wanted to call and say, hey. Well, okay then. Was that the oven timer? That's right, my friend. It's time for... Baby Watch! Watch! <laughs> oh. Can you believe they gave Stephanie skin cancer? I still can't believe they promoted her to lieutenant. Uh, you're just saying that because you're in love with Yasmin Bleep. Well, how could anyone not be in love with Yasmin Bleep? Hey, hey, they're running. See, this is the brilliance of the show. I say always keep them running. All the time running. Run. Run. Run, Yasmin, run like the wind. Men are so bad at actually communicating with each other. Like nowadays, we'd call it, you know, toxic masculinity, and I guess that's going to come up a lot over the seasons, um, especially as kind of like the younger, more woke generation of going to friends through streaming. There's been a lot of things that hit differently to modern eyes than they did back then. Um, but, you know, I still think men have a long way to go. Uh, most men I know are way more open than we used to be. It's actually quite nice. Um, like, I feel confident of the mark. If I missed you, I could just come out and say it, and it would be <laughs> fine. I'd be like, yeah, I missed you, Mark. And then, I don't know how you'd react, but I feel like I could say it. I, I would laugh because I don't think you'd ever miss me. I mean, not, not, not enough to be like, I missed you, man. Yeah, I guess it depends. If, I mean, we meet <laughs> but, up quite regularly to do this, so the chance will be a fine thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I guess, yeah, you're right. Like, in the past, you would have your, your friendship group, which would probably be your friendship group for life, really. Whereas now you have so much more out there. Like, you've got the internet, you do different jobs. And so you meet way more people, so... You know, you can be more honest with people because, yeah, if they disappear, you've got someone else to replace them with. Whereas in the past, like, if you had a falling out with someone, oh, you've, you're down a friend now, and that, that's not coming back. True. I mean, it's weird that the friends I'm closest with, I tend to be the least, I guess, expressive with. Mm. So, I mean, I was never a hugger, really. I'm not, like, you and I don't hug when we no. meet up. We're just like, all right, let me carry yeah. on. Um, I never used to anyone, and my friend Kaylee, after like years of just hugging me when we met every time, like I'd walk into work and she'd be like, hug, and I'd be like, ugh, and eventually I was like, okay, now I'm a hugger, I guess. Mm. Um, but I hug nearly every other person I know in different friendship groups, but mm. in the core group of like us lot, it's not something we do. And I was like, why is that? And then one of my friends was like, just employed on it. Like, we don't need to tell each other we give a crap because no. we all know we care. And I'm like, I hadn't thought about it that way. Well, like, I, I always remember one of my friends, whenever you'd meet his dad, he would always shake your hand at the door. Fair. It was, like, a very manly thing, like, and he did that with, with everyone. But, like, we don't shake hands when we meet, but other friends, you will do. Yep. Sort of thing. So, yeah, may, maybe the, the closer you are with someone, the less you kind of have to explain how you're feeling. I guess. Like, there are people at work where we'll shake hands or, like, hug when we see each other. Hmm. Um, but then sometimes I'm like, well, I've known, I've known Lee for 
19 years, however long it's been, and at no point ever think, like, I mean, he might kill me if I try to hug him, to be honest. <laughs> but, but at no point ever think, like, you know, I need to shake his hand or give him a hug. Well, yeah, so certainly hugging for men is something that's changed in the last 20 years. Like, before you wouldn't do it, and then it suddenly became this, like, bro thing to do. Uh, like especially like you think of like the Fast and the Furious where it's like proper tight man hug and proper hand grip very tight and yeah know, you and it, and it's seen differently now isn't it like I have some group of friends that for some reason I'm seen as quite like butch and manly and <laughs> yeah, don't ask um, but we'll meet and they'll be like handshake and I'm always yeah. like what are you doing and I was like hug them yeah. and they was like oh and I'm like, why am I going to shake your hand like it's well, not a business meeting and I'm not you know I'm not my you know I don't live up to my coosh middle name as a bloke um, this might be a very British thing to be honest because you, you think of like Italians when men meet other men and women they will do like the, the kiss on the cheeks which you would never do in the UK no but there it's like that perfectly natural perfectly normal thing for you to do if you don't do it you're probably seen as a bit weird yeah same as like in, in Japan, like they would do the bow, they wouldn't shake hands. So it might just be a very British thing. True. We, we are quite, you know, closed off as a nation, I guess. Yep. Um, but we're back at Central Park. Where else would we be, Mark? Uh, and Joe is chatting to Mono Quintus about how he's not enjoying living by himself, but the girls think Chandler would let him move back in. But at the exact same moment, Ross and Rachel are telling Chandler that he needs to accept that Joey is gone and move on. And... This is what people should just talk to you, John Mark. Well, yeah, because living by yourself isn't always fun because you're like, cool, I want to talk to... Oh, no one's there. Especially back then. Like, yeah. I briefly lived by myself post-breakup and I had the best time ever. I thought it was fantastic. But at the same time, anybody I wanted to talk to was, you know, a, a hey, Syria way. Well, you're, you're, you're massively connected to the world now. Whereas, yeah, back in the 90s, like, if you didn't call someone... Or go and see them. You had no way of communicating with them, no. did you? So like you? You couldn't play games online with them or send them a text message. Didn't no. really exist. With your eight megabytes of RAM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I imagine it would have been really, really isolating to live to live by yourself. And probably why a lot of people would have opted to have a roommate as opposed to live by themselves. Because, like Chandler said, he could afford to live by himself. But I, I do have to wonder why you know Ross and Rachel are telling um, Chandler that you know he needs to move on. And you know you got the you got Monica and Phoebe's being the opposite. I, I wonder where that's come from. I mean, I, I think it, well, they, they kind of allegorically compare the roommate situation to a breakup yeah. for both these episodes, and which is a bit forced. It's the only time I think, friend, like, only example I can think of. Well, we said that last episode, didn't yeah, we? where it feels forced. So I guess it's just, they, you know, they need the polar opposites for the sake of comedy. Um, but yeah, I just think people should have talked to each other. Other people's perspectives can be helpful, you know, but sometimes they're not, like... How many times have you been given advice that kind of sounds astute, but then it's even not what you want to hear, so you dismiss it out of hand anyway? Yeah. Or you followed it and it's not been that. You've listened to someone's opinion on something and gone, oh, wait, that was entirely wrong. I, I think the, the most obvious like, way to explain that is when you break up and people go, why don't you go to a cooking class? As if like that's the way to meet people and possibly find a new relationship or whatever. And it's like, the, yeah, I get the advice is well-meaning, but it's kind of bad at the same time because it's very far away. Yeah. And, um, and whereas if people actually spoke to you and you was like, well, actually, this is how I'm feeling, whatever, this is what make me feel better, they wouldn't throw out just something as easy as that. Yeah. Well, actual breakups are a difficult one because I think people never know what to say and it's always quite awkward. So I, I had friends when Jess and I broke up that were like, oh, you know, hate her, burn her up, set her alive, burn her yeah. like she's a witch. Um, and I was like, okay, I mean, I don't feel like that. No. And they'd be like, oh, and then they kind of had to backpedal that all like, they're like, oh, plenty more fish in the sea. And I'm like, that's nice, but I'd caught that one. 
Like, I, I hate that expression. Like, oh, just replace them as if like the whole thing meant nothing in the first place. And like, yeah. just, to me, I hate that expression because it just devalues. Oh yeah, what you're going through essentially. Um, but yeah, it's a very odd conversation for the guys to be having, and as we said last episode, it's not really something we particularly enjoy. No, no, exactly. But luckily, we get to leave this strange, awkward force comedy for some natural, hilarious comedy with Phoebe as she's about to lay down some smelly cat. It's a long clip, by the way, but you tell me when you can stop on a smelly cat because you just can't stop. <laughs> okay, Phoebe, ready to try one? Okay. <clears throat> Smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly cat, smelly cat, smelly cat. Oh, whoa, oh my god. I mean, look, who was that? They're your backup singers. Behind you, hon. Oh! Oh, I thought they were just watching me. You know, like at, like at an aquarium, you know. All right, From the top. Okay. <clears throat> smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly, smelly cat. Smelly, smelly, really bad. Smelly, smelly cat. It's not your Okay, mom. sorry. I'm just, I'm just not getting that everyone um, gets how smelly this cat actually is. I just think that maybe if we could talk about this, because I, I need to feel that you really care about the cat. Honey, we, we can talk about this. It's just that it's costing about $100 a minute to be in here. Oh, okay. So um, the cat stinks, but you love it. Let's go. It's got to be the first time that we've actually properly heard the song. Like, we have heard it before, little bits and pieces. But this has got to be the, the time where we've actually had some length of song. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, because it's, it's an iconic song, and I, f I feel like most people think of this song as being iconic throughout. But when you actually go back like we have, you go, well, actually, the first few times, it's just one of her songs yeah, that they've there. repeated a couple of times. And this is the moment, I think, that's when it becomes iconic, just because it's, it's a major part of the episode. It's a major part of, like, Phoebe's life, in a, in a sense. Uh, and this is when they, they start playing on it a lot more and bringing it back quite often. I'm curious as to what studio they're at, where it costs about $100 a minute. I, d I don't know how much it costs. I know, I know studio time is normally quite costly because there's, there's very few studios out there, and like, especially in LA. You, know, you, you have the ones where it's like, oh, the Beatles were here, and it's like, yeah, everyone comes to this is the studio you record in because it's got the best equipment, the best soundproofing and so on. So yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a fine price or maybe it's expensive i don't know maybe it's a time thing in the 90s if you wanted to record you probably had to go to a studio yes. so they kind of had a monopoly on the situation so they could probably charge what they wanted yeah whereas nowadays i could record a track on my phone in great quality so well, well there, there, there's booths that you go into like a photo booth where you can record your own cd for like ten dollars yeah sort, just... sort of thing but because uh, I, I know with uh, especially in video games uh back in like the 90s when they would record they would record in like terrible sound studios probably in a just an office yeah and because the sound was like massively compressed for video games and stuff like that it was fine and then years later when they come back it's like oh we're gonna reuse that for our, our modern remake they go oh actually no you can actually hear like the janitor outside hoovering when it's in high quality because it was not a soundproof room yeah. so like the, the type of recording studio that that uh baby is in is probably yeah for the time super, super high quality the best materials there the best like guys there to to do the job whereas like you say now you can hook up a, a, a laptop and a microphone and you can do it mostly yourself now 
Yeah, pretty much. But it's, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, it, it, I like the one good thing about watching the show again is like the historical differences between the things. I got, I get quite into it, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, because there's there's so much stuff where you're like, this could be now very modern. Yep. Or, you know, there's some things you're like, oh, that's very nineties. Yeah, like any time Russ has a pager, you're like, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> you just start laughing at the tech. Whereas there's a lot of stuff like, especially from the eighties, where they feel eighties, they look eighties. They don't feel modern at all. No. Whereas, whereas Friends manages to like straddle that kind of line of being, you know, very old, but it doesn't feel old at all. No, it doesn't, to be fair. Uh, but I think that's a good point for an advert break. In a world with too many comic book podcasts and not enough deep dives into your favorite superheroes... One podcast stands as a shining beacon in a world of pain and darkness. Yeah, yeah, darkness. Yeah, lots of darkness. Bunch of dark stuff. Superhero stuff you should know. That's us. Andrew, why are you talking like that? I'm the movie voice guy now. I'm the new movie voice guy. And it's time for you to listen to superhero stuff you should know. <laughs> Uh, so we have, like, unused concept art, unmade scripts, unmade superhero movies. All check us out at Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Ben, you should do a movie voice, guy voice. Guy voice. Uh, I would, but I think we're out of time. Superhero Stuff You Should Know, part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Part of the HyperX Podcast Network. I just said that. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origin 65 mechanical gaming keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste wireless mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys while ditching the numpad and the F keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection and the precision you need to click heads. The Alloy Origin 65 and Pulsefire Haste wireless, a terrific twosome to keep your setup clean and clutter-free. The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast is the best place to get the latest news on the world of Nintendo. We cover the biggest stories, share impressions of the latest games, and answer your burning questions. There's also some general pop culture talk, game music trivia, a heaping helping of silliness, and did I mention our robot companion? I'm the star of the show. Catch new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast every Saturday on the HyperX Podcast Network. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origins 65 Mechanical Gaming Keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste Wireless Mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys without the numpad and function keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection, up to 100 hours of battery life, and is even water resistant. The Alloy Origin 65 and Pulsefire Haste Wireless Keep your setup clean and clutter-free with the Alloy Origin 65 mechanical keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste wireless mouse. Welcome back. Well, while Phoebes is busy recording, Ross is having an argument about dinosaurs on the phone at Monica's. But what's it about, Mark? What's the dinosaur argument about? Well, it's about uh, what type of dinosaur Dino from the Flintstones was. Why is this a discussion? 
Because, like you, Ryan, Ross is a giant nerd. Well, he's a Snorkosaurus argument over. That's the type <laughs> of dinosaur that Dino was, which isn't a real dinosaur, obviously. Um, but he's clearly based on a sauropod. And I got annoyed being a dinosaur <laughs> nerd at this Ross having this argument because no self-respecting dinosaur nerd could this be a discussion with? He's clearly a not real dinosaur that's obviously based on the sauropods. Like, j- just look at it. And I'm just like, why is Ross... It, to me, it's beneath Ross to have this conversation. I expect more from Ross. It, it's funny how you're upset about Ross having an argument, but you're almost having an argument right now. Yeah, like arguing with the <laughs> TV show about the argument, yeah. I guess. But, yeah, it's, it's just a stupid argument. But that's what nerds do. No, but that's, like, important things. Like... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, could Superman lift Thor's hammer? Like, that's an important conversation, and right. the answer is obviously yes. But, like, <laughs> which type of dinosaur is it's, it's obviously based on a sauropod, but he's not a real dinosaur. I guess this is a bit more character development for, for Ross, though, in showing that, yeah, you know, he's, he is Mr. Scientist, but also he can be very childish and silly as well. I guess. I just think he should have put the phone down once it was even suggested that he was a velociraptor. Right. Does he yeah, look well, yeah, like no. a velociraptor? No, exactly. Just I don't, I don't, are you drunk? I'm well, like, oh, Steve's getting a divorce because he thinks that Dino is a velociraptor. Because The Simpsons does this, especially when it comes to like talking about video games. And at times you're like, okay, the writers do know what video games are, but sometimes they're like, they've heard a word, they use it, and it's clearly wrong. Yeah. It's it's like when you see uh, people playing on a on a console and there's Pac Man space invader noises coming out and it's a, a driving game and you're like no th- those things don't match <laughs> yeah i mean so so i have to wonder if they they thought it was funny just being weird dinosaur or if they're just like oh what's a dinosaur chicken a dinosaur name and, and obviously jurassic park had recently come out yeah velociraptors were big so yeah there's a velociraptor which also gets it wrong because velociraptors weren't big fine <laughs> they were like what yeah, well yeah no you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean uh, i'm just being dinosaur yeah. <laughs> but that's one of my big pet peeves in tv when people are playing computer games and the actors look like they've never played computer games, there's nothing worse than when they're playing a game and they're like hitting every button yeah. at like 15 times a second. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what are you playing? Yeah. What's the name? You'll know this being the game. What's the name of that game that doesn't exist, but every, people swear blind it existed? It's like, oh, it's been in The Simpsons, like Polly something. Um, essentially. Oh, I know the one you mean. Yeah, it's the arcade game. That was apparently like taken out of all the arcades because it caused seizures and yeah it's like a a weird meme at this point yeah Um, but people apparently swear blind they played it and saw it in the arcade back in the day even though it never existed yeah footage of it is in a nine inch nails video yeah it's very weird but yeah Yeah, that's a that's a podcast for for someone else else, i I, I know they have done on on youtube and stuff yeah yeah but this stupid argument that ross is having wakes up monica who was trying to have a nap and the pair bicker again Again, like I, I mentioned this in the last few episodes of like you know when they're having the shower, they have or they're using the shower, and the rest of the gang are just outside the door. And Monica's like, well, all her like brother and friends are, are outside, and she's having a nap. Like, I don't know, it just it would feel a bit uncomfortable to me. Like, yes, her and Rachel live together, fine, but when you kind of know everyone is around, I don't know if I could settle. Uh, I could. Well, I guess it would depend. Like. If, it, if my sister wasn't mine, I could probably have a nap. If my mates were around, I wouldn't be having a nap. I'd feel rude, like I'm hosting, yeah. like I should be out there hosting. Um, I don't know how I feel about naps either. Like, I like the idea of them, but whenever you do it, you always feel kind of worse afterwards. Like, no, I, I, well, ne- I, ne- I never get up from a nap and go, you know, what? I feel really refreshed. I'm normally like, oh, I really like, I feel bad because I've, I've lost like the main time of the day. And also I know I'm not going to sleep later. 
depends on the time. Like if I have a nap about five and go off about seven, I tend to feel quite good. Okay. A little two hour little nap, <laughs> you know, kind of get over the day and then prepare myself for the night, especially when I'm going on a night out. But yeah, the, the bickering in this is great. I, I really love the, the childishness, especially like from Monica, because you don't really see that too much from her. Yeah, it's very cool. But then we're back with Chandler. He's still sat on the counter, uh, but this time he's bouncing a ball off the door back to himself as Joey enters. So, uh, how's the palace? You know, it's funny you should mention that, because I was thinking, what's with the boxes? Oh, uh, actually, I, uh, have some news. Hey, Chen, is that Joey guy gonna come by and pick up his moose hat, or should I just toss it out? Well, uh, why don't you ask him yourself? Joey, this is my new roommate, Eddie. Nice to meet you. Likewise. I know. Uh, I'll take that. It's, oh. uh, what I came for. <laughs> so, this is new. Where'd you two meet? At the, uh, supermarket in the, uh, ethnic food section. I helped him pick out a chorizo. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, you know, we got to talking, and uh, he said he needed a place, and I had a spare room. Oh, now it's a spare room? Well, yeah, in that it's not being used, and I have it to spare. <laughs> well, I uh, got what I came for. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see you guys. Hey, Joe. When did you start using moose in your hair? Is <laughs> <laughs> this guy great or what? Yeah. Yeah, he is. So, so far, we're about halfway through the episode now. Mm-hmm. It's been a bit slow. I wouldn't say dull. No. It's been a bit slow. I mean, it's going to start kicking off now. Uh, yeah, meet, meeting your, your new roommate at the supermarket, like... Again, Chandler being a bit more confident, I guess. Like, I, I don't talk to anyone at the supermarket as much as I can possibly do. Yeah, I mean, again, this could be a British thing where you kind of like, get your trolley out of my way, I need to get my bisto, and then yeah. I want to leave this aisle. Like, yeah, we, we, don't, do, we don't talk to strangers. Like, like there, there's a meme I saw, which was uh, a guy was in Walmart, and he sees this woman, and she's uh, drinking detergent. And she catches him looking at her, and she's like, I was going to buy it. And it's like, I wasn't worried if he was going to buy worried about you drinking it sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't think I've ever really spoke to anyone in supermarket. Certainly not picked out some food with them and gone, oh, you should try this. It's nice. Like, but that's my type of personality is I don't want to talk to people I don't know in that way. No, I think the closest to talking to people at the supermarket has been like, I don't know, there's been a dad in the biscuit aisle on the phone to his like wife. And she's like, get me, get me the, I don't know, the digestives. And you can't find them. And I spotted them and I've just gone, yes, that there you go. Yeah. Because more than, I'm more annoyed about hearing their conversation <laughs> yeah. than I am about wanting to be helpful probably. But uh, yeah, we, we need to talk about Eddie's laugh. I, I was going to say, talking of pointless arguments, whose laugh is worse? Janice or Eddie? Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. Oh, straight away. Eddie, Eddie. straight away. Do you, do you know what it reminds me of? You know, when you're on your bike and you're braking really hard on it, Yep. And the, but the wheel is slipping slightly. Mm-hmm. That's his laugh. It just, like, it's almost called like, painful. Like, I kind of wince when I hear it. I'm like, I'm like, spasm on my neck. And I'm like, ah, no, just, just don't laugh. Like, you know, he, he is a great actor because mm-hmm. uh, he's in uh, Saving Private Ryan, I believe, yeah. as well. Uh, but he, he's one of those actors where he has that look where you're like, yep, he's always going to be just this weird guy. Yeah. Like, he's never going to be the hero or anything like that. He's always just going to be like the weirdo. Just, just that look. 
Well, I feel like he's one of those actors where I don't know the actor's name. Um, but if I passed him in the street, I'd be like, it's Eddie! Because <laughs> like, he's, he's that iconic in, yeah. given that he's not in many episodes, like he sticks in the, the friend's zeitgeist very well. Yeah, um, it's oh, just ugh. definitely. Well, because researching is the thing we do now, uh, it turns out that the actor's called Adam Goldberg. Uh, he's known for things in Seven Private Ryan, like you mentioned, Mark, uh, Beautiful Mind, Deja Vu, Dazed and Confused. So, you know, he's, he's been around, but at least kind of, I guess, in the UK and Europe, he wouldn't, you wouldn't class him as a megastar. No, like he's he's one of those guys. I guess he's kind of more of a background acting. Like he's been in lots of big stuff and he's he's well known. But yeah, he's he's not a leading man sort of thing. But I, I think he's iconic in Friends. Like you you say to anyone Eddie, they're like, "Yep, I know who Eddie is." Yep. Whereas if you go, "Oh, do you know who you know the the basket lady was that Joey dated?" Like, Maybe. Do I remember that episode? But like, no, you just mentioned Eddie, and you can just imagine the laugh instantly. Ugh, um, I, I'm definitely going to be talking about Eddie uh, a little bit more in our next episode. Fair. I mean, I don't know. I don't. It's one of those weird things where I want to say I hate Eddie, which isn't is I guess is a compliment to Adam Goldberg yeah. because I really, really, really don't like Eddie, and I know we're not supposed to, and I know you're meant to hate him, but it's almost like he's almost too good at his job. Where if I saw any of the cast of Friends in the street, I'd probably want to go say hello. But for him, I'd be like, mm, well, yeah, do I, I get, really uh, want to talk to Eddie. Yeah, I guess even at the start, like he has this aura around him where you're just like, oh, I just, just don't like him. There's something about him. He's not trustworthy. Yeah. Shifty eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's got a sting for poor Joey, though. You know, like it's only been a couple of days. He, he heads back just to check on Chandler. And Well, yeah, why did Chandler... Like move having moving anyway. Like Chandler doesn't need a roommate. He might be going. Yeah, I'm a bit lonely. All right, but you're at you're at you know um, Monica's every day. You're at Central Park every day. You're not that lonely. You don't need the money. I suppose it's that it's you know the difference between going back to an empty apartment when you're not used to doing that. Yeah, but having a stranger move in who you've only just met. I mean, again, this is where it kind of you get to the kind of breakup allegory, where it kind of stretches logic a bit, and we're like, mm. you know, at least, at least when uh, Joey uh, had someone move in, he picked the hot Australian woman. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, okay, that didn't work out quite so well either. But you know, if I had a choice between Eddie and hot Australian woman, what would you pick? <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie does have the laugh. Yeah, he's he got his like going for him. Uh, but we then find Monica, Rachel, and Ross discussing the Eddie situation, and they're calling him a rebound. A rebound roommate, which I, I hate that joke because I don't <laughs> like this dating allegory at all to begin with. No. And then to end up using a dating phrase is just like, ugh. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're best friends. They're not a couple. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look how quickly look how quickly he found someone new. It can't be real. And it's just like, it's not, it's, it's just stretching it too far to me. My yeah. suspension of disbelief is just kind of destroyed with, with this allegory. Uh, but Phoebe enters with some exciting news, Mark. So, if you don't like it, well, so what? None of you ever made a video. Okay. <laughs> Get out of here, can you speak? Smelly cat, 
It's a great song, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, f- I think that's absolutely great. And on the on the one hand, you feel like really happy for Phoebe. Yeah, she's got a music video. Like that would have been an amazing day to to film that. Yep. Uh, to have a CD come out, like having something like that happen to you is is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, I love the line where Phoebe's like, "If you guys don't like it, well, so what? None of you have made a yeah, video. Yeah. I absolutely love." Um, yeah, like when, when we started doing this podcast and I would tell people, they'd be like, oh, what, if people don't like it? And I'd be like, so? Don't make yeah. a podcast. Like, <laughs> and even if they do, it's like, okay, you don't like it? Don't listen to it? Like it was, it's sometimes there's, I guess there's a certain level of, I don't want to call it confidence, but kind of bravado, I guess. You need to have to do this kind of thing, whether it's record a track or do a podcast or any creative endeavor. Yeah. Um, where a part of it just needs to go, so I don't care if you don't like it because yeah. you want to do it. And yeah. I, I think that makes dinner you know, all the difference in the world. Oh, definitely. If you're doing it because... You, you really want to for whatever that reason is and great if you don't want to do it then yeah it's not going to be your best work and you're not going to be proud of it either way yeah but i just love how people's like because she says it in a really like joyful way as well yeah. it's not like she's attacking her friends in case she's just like what's that what you guys haven't done this like, yeah. like, 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 you know be proud of yourself Phoebe. but then we kind of get like the the heartbreak of like you know that's not her singing and okay we all hate our own voices mm-hmm. as, as we when we hear them on the radio or in a podcast or whatever. like i don't know how do, how do you feel when you edit the podcast how do you feel listening to yourself i talk much faster than i think i do and i don't announce it anywhere as much as i think i do <laughs> and i essentially listen to it and then have this weird i'm kind of starting to do it now where i kind of fall into this like imperial space marine voice <laughs> where i'm like would you like tea nan i will make the tea now and i turn into some kind of like shakespearean actor because i'm like i've had tea on my voice for too long and i hate it and i'm just like no i will talk like this forevermore and then we find joey and that's just how i want to talk for the rest of the day so yeah i hate it <laughs> <laughs> well you're going to be editing this podcast and you're going to hear that back and go oh my god that's even worse like the voice like what I liked is even worse than my normal voice. Yeah, it's it's a tough one right? because uh, generally inside your head you're like, actually no, my voice sounds fine. In my head, not when I try to sing, it doesn't. But no, but then when you hear it back and forth, you're like, oh no, it's much higher or it's much you know weirder than than I thought. Uh, yeah, but the fact that Phoebe was like, oh, I sound amazing. Like, no, if you sounded that amazing, I think you would have been found way sooner. I mean, I I love it. it. It's she hasn't ever been told she doesn't sound great, no. so she's not had to worry about it. And it's one of those things where, while your friends for the most part should be encouraged and support you, I also think that at times there should be an element of honesty there. Where you're like, yeah. Well, at the at the same time, I much prefer listening to uh, a band's music like 
on the CD or MP3 or whatever than live. Because when it's live, I'm just like, no, it's not, it's not good enough because it's not been manufactured enough. And all the, the effects they put in and all sorts because it's quite raw. I'm like, oh no, that doesn't sound as good as what the CD sounds like where you've edited it. And it's, it's almost like an Instagram picture with a filter on, isn't it? Like the real picture looks fine. But then when you like put your filter on and make all the blues proper blue and the, the green or grass like proper green, makes it look how you imagine in your head, I guess. I guess. I guess it depends if I'm watching a live performance or if I'm at a live performance. So if I'm watching live footage of, say, well, one example I give you is there's a singer called Jess Glynn. And I always liked her records and thought she had a great singing voice when I heard the like engineered track. Yeah. And then I would see footage of her performing at like Bash at the Beach or whatever it's called. Wait, that's a wrestling thing. <laughs> one of the TV channels has a party on a beach. I don't remember which it is. And there she'd sound dreadful on the footage. And I'd be like, she can't sing. This is awful. How did she get a job doing that when that's what she sounds like? And then my ex, ex would always be like, no, no, she can sing. I've seen her live. She just, whatever mics up they've got on that beach is rubbish. And that's why she sounds dreadful. And I was like, whatever. She clearly sucks. Then I went to see her support the Spice Girls and she blew my socks off. She's amazing. Yeah. Live. And I'm like, oh, okay. So if I'm at a performance, especially if it's like a rock gig, like sometimes rock singers don't have the best voice. They've just got an enthusiastic voice. Yeah. If I'm listening to a metal band performer, like if I was to like the live version of a track, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I'd rather listen to the studio version. If I'm at the concert, I'm at the concert, so I'm having a fun time, so I tend not to think yeah. about it. At the same time, there, there is a lot of musicians that do lip sync. And I know it, it used to be a big thing in the 90s. Oh, they're lip syncing. It's like, no, like you can't jump around and sing because you have to breathe. Like you, you can't do all that sort of movement and sing as you would on the album. Yeah. Because on the album, you're sitting down and doing your tracks rather than jumping around and jumping off the stage and whatnot. Like it doesn't work. You physically can't do it. No. I mean, well, look, especially when you look, especially from like the 90s, like all the kind of manufactured boy and girl bands that were dreadful and it'd be, a, they'd be in like the heightest fashion. They're all really pretty and they'd have a dance routine. And it's like, yeah, they can't do any of that and sing at the same no. time because they're not super, super athletes. No. Um, I think now it's less, people care less. Yes. I think now people would rather have sing a bit, dance in the, you know, the breakdown, then carry on singing yeah. as opposed to, I wouldn't want to pay to do someone live and have them lip sync. I'd rather them not dance. If you're a singer, <laughs> don't dance. Like, I mean, yeah. one of my favorite of all time was seeing B.B. King, and he was an elderly man in his 70s who sat on a chair with a guitar in his hands for two hours, and it was one of the best kids I've been to. You don't yeah. need to dance. I'm there to hear you perform. Yeah. I don't want to watch Celine Dion do a back... Well, I don't want to watch Celine Dion all. <laughs> but if I was going to watch Celine Dion, it wouldn't be to do a backflip. It would be to hear her sing. Yeah. So I don't see the need for it, to be fair. No, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of breaking. Like, how do you say to her, like, that's not you. Like, you don't want to spoil her moment, do you? No. Yeah, like I'd, I wouldn't be able to break it to Phoebe that that's not actually... Just go, yeah, it's great. Can't wait to buy the album. I'd be like, sure. Maybe look, maybe you should you should talk to the label. Maybe... Yeah. To, I don't know. How would you yeah, say, like, well, that's guess, not what you yeah. sound like? I guess you'd be like, oh, wow, they, they, they really, like, changed your voice there, didn't they, with all the effects or whatever. I don't know. Like, that's the end. You'd have to do it in a positive-sounding way. Yeah, like, the production on that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, the the like, lighting was okay. Yeah, it's like the, the Phoebe version of, you were in a play. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we leave the awkward scene and find Joey about to knock the door of Chandler and Eddie's apartment, and that feels even weirder to type mm-hmm. and say. Um, Joey's there to pick his mail, but it's not an usual spot, as Eddie likes the mail on the table. Eddie makes Chandler some eggs, but they're different to how Joey asks. Joey wants to know how the two getting along. Well, before we play the clip, I kind of hate the way Chandler is. It's weirdly smug. 
It's like, oh, you know, Eddie likes the mail over there. And this is the way Eddie likes to do the eggs. Like, I, just Chandler's very weird. It's just, it's petty. And it, I mean, Sam, we're going to get so many comments about us ragging on the writing in this episode. Mm. But to me, it's just, it's just dreadful because now it comes across like Chandler's this kind of jilted, bitter, jaded, spiteful yeah. ex-lover who's like, well, this person does this. And it's like, okay, great. So you've you spent, because no one likes it when their ex moves on really quickly because yeah. it feels like they haven't, I guess... Like they didn't value what you had to begin with, and it feels just kind of disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they're doing that allegory with the oh, we're moving where the mail goes. But it's just so, if I'm going to be honest, so poorly done that it just makes you dislike Chandler in this scene. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess we should listen to the clip then. So, how are you two getting along? Oh, I couldn't be happier. Great. Well, I'm happy for you. All right, that's it. He just comes in here, Mr. Johnny New Eggs, with his, his, his moving the mail and his, his, see ya, pals. <laughs> and now there's no juice. There's no juice for the people who need the juice and want the juice. I need the juice. There's another carton right over there. Hey, this isn't about juice anymore, right, man? All right. So what's it about? Eggs. Whose eggs do you like better, his or mine? Huh? Well, I like both eggs equally. Oh, come on. <laughs> Nobody likes two different kinds of eggs equally. You like one better than the other, and I want to know which. Well, what's the difference? Your eggs aren't here anymore, are they? <laughs> you took your eggs and you left. <laughs> Did you really expect me to never find new eggs? I really like how Matt does the uh, Eddie's See your pals. <laughs> so, like, it's really well done. Uh, what, what, what does eggs uh, stand for in this? I mean, it's clearly meant. Well, if we were going down the awful allegory, it would be sex. Okay, it's totally like. Well, if you like, you do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's clearly where it's meant to be. Uh, you took your eggs and you left. <laughs> it's just done the way that line's delivered. But again, I, I hate this whole thing. It's just, it's just no. Well, yeah, don't, don't hold anything back there. It, it, you know, when I didn't like it when I first watched the episode, and now we're going through it, I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I'm like, it's just, it's... it's this, is, this is a bit of a weird, uh, weird episode in that it's, it's well-remembered because of Eddie's introduction, yep. as well as Phoebe's video, but it's not really that much of a likeable episode so far. You know what? It's, it's just this weird breakup allegory energy they're running with i just think it's lazy and awful everything else about the episode i'm fine with like all the phoebe stuff's fantastic yeah. the many cats great um look right now we're back at the girl's apartment and the gellers are still bickering about what to watch on tv and rachel's had enough and refuses to get sucked into their weirdness this bit of the the episode i felt like it deserved the clip but for time's sake it didn't get one but this felt this scene felt way more earned and had way more kind of payoff than any of the Chandler and Joey stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, especially when she's like, "Now I'm mummy in this situation." Like, yeah, I mean, well, Ross and Monica have a heated but heartfelt conversation about how their relationships changed over the years, and Ross doesn't understand how. He says, "Like, it's like when we were kids," and Monica's like, "Oh, I hated you when we were kids," and it's like, "Oh," and you see how that cuts Ross. He's like, mm. "Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize you felt that way when when you were kids," and it yeah. upsets him. And you know, they 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 patch it up and have a a heart to heart. Um, 
dinner. So I had to choose between the Gellers or you took your eggs and you left. And I went for you took your eggs and you left because it is the more remembered part of the episode. Yeah. But in terms of what's working and what paid off, this scene's way better than the previous one. Yeah, I, I really like this dynamic of showing you how they used to get on, how they get on now, and how nothing's really changed, but also has. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, and I've got a sister who's very close in age to me, and I've got two siblings that are quite far away in age. Um, but me and my little sister, who's close to my age to me, only two years younger, our relationships changed drastically over the years from us being like, you know, thick as thieves when we were like really young to barely talking to each other in our teenage years to, to close now. Um, so yeah, I liked that they kind of, again, reflected more of real life, which is much more engaging. And I, I kind of cared much more and was much more invested in this conversation than I was in anything about where the males kept or yeah. whose eggs are better. Um, yeah, so definitely kind of feel like I should have given it the clip now to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> we do a direct cut this episode. <laughs> yeah. we'll put it in in, uh, in six years' time when we look back around. We'll come back, yeah. Um, but we now join Phoebe's as she storms into Central Park to tell the guys something they will not believe. Hey, listen, you are not going to believe this, but <sighs> that is not me singing on the video. No. <laughs> yes. Well, how did you find out? Well, okay. The record company sent over this piece of paper for me to sign saying that it's okay for someone else to sing for me. That was my first clue. So what are you going to do? Well, I can't work with people who would do this. Sure. I mean, this poor woman. What woman? The voice woman, you know? I mean, she has a great voice, but she doesn't have a video. Hmm. Okay, Phoebs, but what about you? Well, I have a video. You have to pay attention. <laughs> No, this, this voice woman, she's so talented, but according to the producer people, they said, like, she doesn't have, like, the right look or something, you know? I mean, it's like, she's like one of those animals at the pound who, like, nobody wants because they're not pretty enough or, you know, like, like some old dog who's just kind of, like, stinky and, oh, my God, she's smelly cat. I love Phoebe. It, it, if there's any reason to love Phoebe, this is it. She's so kind-hearted. She's not remotely upset that they replaced her voice. It's like, maybe she hasn't realised because she thinks she sounds amazing, yeah. but clearly her overall concern is this other woman whose amazing voice has kind of been stolen from her in a sense because she doesn't look right. I, I, I did like the, the bit where she's like, she doesn't have a video. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. I well, I don't think it's that. I think it's, you know, she, why doesn't she have a video? Because the world's, world's a horrible place and these producers are horrible people. Yeah. I don't think it's like, a, I've got a video. It's like, she doesn't and she should because it's her voice that's amazing. Well, you, you look at the whole Susan Boyle stuff from years ago. Yeah. And everyone's like, the, the best voice ever in the world anyone's ever heard. But she doesn't look that great. And, yeah. and there, that was a big issue for on the news and for everyone. It's been like, well, I, I like her singing, but I don't really want to look at her. Well, I mean, it, it kind of became like kind of she became the champion of, I guess, the downtrodden, I guess, especially yeah. in like the UK. And there was like this paragon of like talent breaking through kind of cynical mainstream nonsense. Um, but then I remember people getting upset because now she had a lot of, she won the competition and had some cash and she got like her hair done and bought some new clothes and yeah. had her teeth changed um i'm not gonna say fixed because i'm not implying anything wrong with them before but she she made herself look in what she felt was better mm. and people got upset at her for it and she got a lot of hate i remember like oh my god she's like completely changed who she is and she's like why are you assuming i was happy like that that's just how i looked yeah. now i can afford to change things i don't like i'm gonna do that 
And I always find it really weird that the kind of public turn on her a little bit for being able to now positively impact her own life. Yeah. It was weird. But yeah, she was. I mean, pretty much all those admittedly mostly dreadful reality TV shows, a lot of them have a... I mean, there was Paul Potts before her who was you know, like a kind of shy, overweight chap who had an amazing opera voice as well. It's just, just goes to... It's weird that the companies that produce those TV shows are the exact people that would replace the singer with Phoebe because the girl doesn't look right. Yet they make shows that highlight that as if they're nice. It's really yeah. weird. I'm like, these are the people that do that and that you're celebrating them not doing it in this instance, even though they're the reason those standards exist. Because well, I, I have a question about this for, for like Phoebe is that, yes, they made like a music video, but what were they going to do with this going forward? Like you can't have Phoebe on stage because she doesn't sound like that. No. And you can't have the woman out there because she doesn't look like Phoebe. So was your plan all along just to make a music video? And then it's like, well, how are you going to take this further? They could do a China. Do a China? Yeah. So in, for the Beijing Olympics, it was what, 2008, was it? Yep. Um, during the opening ceremony, there was a young Chinese girl who sang the national anthem. And she was this cute little kid, sang the anthem, had an amazing voice. Turns out, no, she was lip syncing. The girl who had the amazing voice was kept backstage and had to sing live behind a curtain. Oh, really? Because the, the people running the show decided she wasn't pretty enough to be seen by the world right. so it's quite literally this exact thing yeah um they could have just done that they could have just had phoebe on stage with this woman out back singing and well no you'd, you'd have her just lip sync to pre-recorded track right but well i don't know maybe it'd be hard <laughs> to spot lip syncing if the person's singing live because there'll be changes in the voice if they just lip sync to a track that's really easy to notice because it's going to sound the same night in night out whereas if the person sings in the backstage the performance will change and you'd be hard to spot well, no, because you normally lip sync to a track so you can lip sync to it with, with no issues. Because obviously if you're trying to do it live, then Phoebe's never going to match what the singing is and you'll, you'll more easily notice that than if she's practised, you know, the, the seconds of, of how she does things. I don't know, maybe I'm sneakier than you. I feel like you've got to keep, <laughs> keep it in a range because to my mind, if you just do a track and one person goes to free concerts in that tour, which happens, like I know people that have been to see, like say, Dua Lipa in like Manchester, Liverpool, oh, yeah. London. If that's picture perfect every single time you're gonna be like lip syncing because yeah but that's that's generally why lip syncing doesn't always work because people do spot it but yeah I, I don't think you could do it live i think you would go way off track way easier i don't know i mean like that we can explain maybe we could do a podcast and one of us will mime bits of the podcast live right. at, you know friends fest or <laughs> okay. whatever and we'll see if people notice which one of us is mine <laughs> which one is mark and which one's ryan who yeah, knows, who knows? <laughs> that's, that's where we've hired models to yeah, sit yeah, yeah. to sit out and we're just <laughs> yeah, yeah. back talking yeah, lip yeah. wow they are beautiful they said that they were ogres on on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> what happened to ryan's beard it's totally gone <laughs> and his beer belly <laughs> are they abs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's it is nice how like she feels sorry for the woman. At the same time, yeah, I have no idea where they were planning to go go with this, trying to to do it this way. And especially as they're like, oh, we found Phoebe. Surely, if you go, hey Phoebe, we love your songs, we love how you look, but we don't like your voice, then you hire her as a writer, and she just writes the songs, and someone else sings it, which is what a lot of people do anyway. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Yeah, like you know, you you can look at Avril Lavigne, who's popular now as ever, really. And she, she didn't write her own songs. Same with Britney Spears. Like, they had other people write the songs for them. And years later, they get, get known as, oh, they were the songwriters for these people. They're great. But no one knows who they are on the street. Yeah, I always find that stuff weird. Like, what's her name? Natasha, Natasha 
bedding bedding field something like that and Natasha something River. and she's got like that pocket full of sunshine song and unwritten and she's got a few tracks that I quite like and then you end up finding out that she's written dozens and dozens and dozens of songs for all these other famous artists yeah. and she's you know she's an artist in her own right you know she's got videos and does stuff but she's known for two songs but you would know 112 of her songs because she wrote them yeah. and it's just like I always like to find that stuff's kind of cool like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean if the world had more Phoebes it would be a much warmer if slightly odder place because <laughs> yeah, I just definitely. it's just the fact that Phoebe's concern is solely about this woman and we often talk about who's the best friend and a lot of times Joey kind of gets that title but this would definitely be me throwing a hat in the ring for Phoebes oh yeah definitely uh, but we're back at Chandler's now and Eddie's Ugh. <laughs> but there's trouble in paradise Mark because Eddie is not really a sports guy that's, that's, that's okay you don't have to like sports Unless it's hockey, then you have to like it. Um, he also doesn't like Baywatch. Oh. You a Baywatch fan? Were you a Baywatch fan? <laughs> no, I, I was too young for Baywatch. Like, at the time it came out, I understood why people watched it, which is basically the, the Jerry and Chandler reason of it's uh, women in bikinis running in slow motion. Yep. Uh, no, I, I never kind of got the appeal, and I never watched it as, from the other direction of the storyline, which I guess is why some people might have watched it. Uh, so going back in my family, every Saturday, my aunt, uncle and cousins would come over mm. and that would just be like, they'd come over mid-Saturday afternoon, be there till late Saturday night and we'd kind of, you know, play games and, you know, have food and stuff or just hang out. And all of the kids, my cousins were around a similar age, but Baywatch would come on and everyone would watch Baywatch. And I remember being of an age where like, I didn't, I, like, girls were icky, but they weren't icky. I was just like, if I had a fan, if I fancied someone, it was embarrassing, so I could talk about it. Yeah, you didn't quite understand your feelings and emotions yet. So watching Baywatch with, you know, Yasmin Bleef and Pam Randerson and all the image running around in Stanley Clay Clothes bouncing around, I remember <laughs> being sitting there like as a kid being like, as if we're now looking into boobs. And I felt like, really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like really on edge. And then occasionally someone would make a joke or my uncle or cousin would go, and I'd go, hee, and we'd like laugh about it. But no, we used to watch it all the time. Although I did watch the, the Baywatch film recently with The Rock. Fair. Uh, it's, it's not bad. Like it's a typical rock film where, yeah, it's not going to be uh, the, the best action film or the funniest comedy, but it's enjoyable. Like it, it, he, he knows how to, to nail just like a, a fun film. It's fair. I liked that film for the fact that it gave men a counterpoint to unattainable beauty standards in Hollywood. Because normally we get like, oh, look at this woman. Like, no real woman looks like this because that woman does this, this, and this. And then you'd watch that. And no average bloke looks at The Rock and thinks, why don't I look like that? <laughs> yeah. Because he's a giant mountain of a person. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, he's The Rock. But then Zac Efron's a normal bloke and he looked like that in that movie. Yeah. And I was like, my body doesn't look like that. And it was great because I was like, see, look, look, that's what we're supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah. And that's not possible in a normal man's life. But, but Zac Efron by himself, you know, looks way better than most men out there. He does. But that's why I find it funny because like, if I was to be like, well, I'm supposed to look like The Rock. No one's taking that complaint seriously because not, like everyone, you're not like seven foot of man mountain. But I'm, I think I'm taller than Zac Efron. Um, so but my body's not like that. And but, it's, it was nice to have a complaint, I guess, from like the male side of the argument of, yes, you know, no one's saying you have to look like Pamela Anderson, but we presented Zac Efron yeah. as like, that's normal. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a body like Zac Efron. I, I would say, go and watch it. it. It knows not to take itself seriously. Like, it, it pokes fun at itself an awful lot. Uh, it's quite enjoyable. But, yeah, in, in terms of Baywatch, the TV show, yeah, it, I have, like, understand of it, but it, it passed me by, really. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then we get a great little montage of the boys being lowly and missing each other, set to All By Myself. 
Uh, it's one of those moments that always sticks out in my mind when you think of like good friends moments. Yeah. This this is one of them. Um, Chandler looking out the window as it rains, and Joey looking at his stupid window fountain <laughs> that you love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no. Mike's favorite bit of the I, set. I, I really like that joke of you know the camera zoomed in, and you're like, oh, you know, it's it's you know, Joey's doing the same thing, looking out of his window, and it's like, no, he's actually in the middle of the room with that on the table, just staring through it. I, I love the TV trope of looking out of a window in the rain yeah. when you're sad. Like, I think the best use of it is when Rachel's sad and she sat on the little sofa thing, yeah. window ledge that they never use apart from that moment. I think no one ever yeah. sits there normally. Um, but it's great. But it's just, yeah, it is a fantastic visual gag, to be fair. Well, especially as, you know, the idea is meant to be that, you know, Chandler in the village is, is looking out onto the same world that Joey is and they can see across Manhattan <laughs> at each other. But no. But no, he's staring into his own apartment. <laughs> Love it. Um, but then the episode ends with thieves and the gang singing Smelly Cat in Central Park. Well, all except for Russ, because they've run out of words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get any to sing any of Smelly Cat. No. Uh, yeah, I think this is great for Smelly Cat, and we're going to have a lot more Smelly Cat. Because when we first started recording our episodes, I was like, oh, we're going to be putting in like all Phoebe's songs when Smelly Cat coming in. And it kind of hasn't, like, like I said earlier, we've had like little clips and bits of it. Yeah. I was like, wait, yeah, when's it? And it's actually now, like, it's here, finally. Because, uh, yeah, it gets sung an awful lot after this. But I don't ever feel like it's overused. No. Like, I wouldn't ever say I'm bored of hearing Smelly Cat. No, and it's a weird song as well, because it's very repetitive. Yeah. It, it doesn't have a lot of lyrics. And it is just, you know, the, the Smelly Cat chorus over and over again. But it's, it's just great. At the same time, I do have an issue with a later episode where Phoebe's f- friend, ex-friend steals yes. it and then uses it for kitty litter and yet it does sound like a kitty litter uh sort of advert jingle but the fact it's like been released as an album and she stole it and no one did anything that, well, that annoys me and we'll we'll talk about that that episode but yeah it's, it's, it's a, well i wouldn't call it a plot hole it's a it's a phoebe hole yeah. that sounds wrong <laughs> it's, it's a phoebes thing and more than a world thing i think yep uh yeah this, this is a bit of a, a weird episode it's it's not really funny but it has a lot of iconic moments in it so we have obviously Eddie arriving yep. and he's only in it for, you know, just over two episodes, really mm-hmm. no time at all in, in the friends universe yet. He stands out more than longer relationships. And then the, the video is just amazing. Like, yeah, I want to watch the, you know, the smelly cat video for sure. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the bit where she, like, the, the woman in the house is like, get out of here, cat, you stink. <laughs> and then like the cat, meow. Always reminds me of a scene from Blackadder. Um, if you're, you're familiar with Blackadder yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a spot where Blackadder just walks into the kitchen and boots Mildred the cat and it's clearly a stuffed cat yeah. and just all, every time I hear that cat go meow I think of Mildred the cat getting booted across the set of Blackadder um, not really I mean I don't know how many of our audience are familiar with Blackadder but maybe we could do a Blackadder podcast one day one day yeah uh, I, I would love to know kind of what happened with this afterwards with Phoebe because Kind of feel like you know Phoebe talks about it, but you know surely you'd be like, I just release it anyway. Like I want to, I want a music video. Uh, I assume Phoebe said you either put my voice on my video, or you put the woman who sings in the video, and the studio went nope, and this, that was it. That was the end of Smelly yeah, Cat. She, yeah, she shouldn't have done that. Should have just just rid the wave, enjoyed it, got a bit of money out of it. I mean, if, if I was Phoebe, I would have told them to do it. And then if I'm on, like, Good Morning America, I'd gone and I'd gone, oh, that's not me singing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. the fat woman over there, the one that you see. <laughs> and I'd just embarrass them because once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. And I'd be like, cool, I got my, got my song in the charts or whatever. Yeah. Um, especially given, you know, if, I mean, if you were to release Smelly Cat now, 
it would get to number one because of the internet and things like yes. Boaty McBoatface. Yes. But people would just go, should we make Smelly Cat number one? Go, Reddit, and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah. it's number one. Um, but I would do it just so I could say it was out there and then I'd just embarrass the record company and go, oh yeah, it's not me singing. Yeah, it's like, because Phoebe has no interest in this. Like She just want to become a, a world-renowned pop star or have a lot of money. Like She just enjoys singing. Yeah, I don't think Phoebe would know what to do with like millions of puns on and millions of dollars. Like if Phoebe was to... Well, we, we saw her when she won uh, the can competition. Like she gave the money away. Like, okay, that was slightly different in that she thought it was like karma. Yeah. But, you know, she was quite happy to give the money away. Yeah, I, I think Phoebe would go mental on like tour. Like, oh, Phoebe, you're going to be on this coach for six months going and doing like this over and over again. Yeah. I think she'd, she'd be like, well, the guys need to come on tour with me. Yeah. That could have been a spin off. <laughs> all of the friends cast on a bus for six months. <laughs> Everyone on stage apart from Ross. Yeah, he doesn't get any words. No. Oh, maybe he gets a. He's, he's the support act with his keyboard, and no. there'll be no one there for that. No. <laughs> I love it when he plays the keyboard. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fine episode. There, there's a lot more to go into next episode, so we get a lot more of Eddie, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's a little bit weird and creepy in this one. Like he he doesn't mean to be, I guess. Uh, but he really comes out in the next episode. He does. There's a lot more to talk about there. There is. I mean, again, I mean, I ragged on the episode quite a lot for the the awful, you know, let's pretend it's a breakup thing, which I really can't stand, and there'll be more of that next episode too. But overall, it isn't a dreadful episode. It's just, if I could take all of the Eddie stuff out of it, I would. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I I quite like the Eddie stuff. Um, In terms of, like, the, the Chandler and Joey stuff, no. Like, Eddie himself is fine. No, like, I, I, I just think the episode as a whole, though, it just isn't very funny. No, I mean, there aren't, there aren't a laugh a minute, to be fair. Like, if you compare this to Chandler wearing knickers in a bathroom at a restaurant, yes, like, it, yeah. it's not on the same, no. the same bar. But still. I guess that brings us to the end of our yeah, episode. That's the end. Yeah, that's the end. We're done. We're yeah. up. There's a smelly cat out of the bag or back in the bag, whatever way it would be. <laughs> and that's the episode done. Yeah. But where else can we find you, Mark? Uh, well, you can find me on our Patreon channel. You can. Uh, so uh, it's at patreon.com forward slash watching friends where we have a bunch of different tiers where you can help support us because we give you this podcast for free because we're great. We're very nice. <laughs> we're, very, you know, we're, we're a Phoebe. We're the Phoebes of the podcast <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you get this for free, but you can help support us on our Patreon. And there is a $5 and up tier where you can get ad free versions of this podcast. So that saves you a little bit of time. And you can also get exclusive bonus content as well. So we started going through Joey. Yep. And the other bonus content is starting to go up now, like our pro and cons list uh, for all the friends mm-hmm. who we like the most. And we're going to be doing lots more stuff on there. You can join our little community. As of the time of this recording, we've got a couple of members now. You probably shouldn't rate your own content, but that, that pros and cons list episode's great. Yeah. Because it was such, <laughs> it's such a surprise to us both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. You know, if you think I don't like Ross, uh, you know, you'll be surprised at what actually comes out. Yeah, give, um, it, give it a listen. But to do that, you need to support us. Yeah, so you, you can support us from the £1 tier, uh, which is just show your support, uh, all the way up to the £20 tier where you can become a producer of the episode. Yeah. An executive producer. We read your name out. Uh, you can pay in dollars, you can pay in euros, pay in whatever currency you want. It's all nice and easy. Uh, but whatever you do, you support us and you help us unlock more goals on there so we can do even more stuff. Yeah, we appreciate the support regardless of the tier. I feel yes. like a lot of times when you need a Patreon advert, you're like, oh, I can't. Like, doing the pound one is just the pound. Like, yeah, great. That's fantastic for yeah. us because it all adds up and helps us get more content and do more of this for you. And, you know, you get to be part of our community and chat to us and chat about friends. Like, 
Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, we appreciate all the patrons, whether it's the one pound here, you know, if I made a million pound here, we'd, we'd appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Like, we honestly don't mind as long as you help any way you can. Well, it's especially as, you know, a lot of podcasts will be like, you know, it's less than, you know, a coffee at Starbucks or a chocolate bar. And it's like, yeah, it's true. Like, a, a pound to you is nothing. If all of you joined, like, every single listener gave us a pound, we could do loads more episodes. Like, yeah. loads of exclusive content on there. We could do videos. We could go to Friends Fest and talk about Friends Fest. Um, there's, there's, there's loads of things you can do, but yeah, just having your support would allow us to do stuff. And this uh, version of the podcast, so all the main episodes will always be free. Yep. Um, and even if you only support us for one month out of, you know, every every 10 seasons, you know, we do 10 seasons and you only support us for one month. That's fine. Yeah. We just appreciate whatever. Uh, but you can also support us for free by uh, writing to us on our website, watchingfriends.com. I knew. Just yeah. to, to like, just for I know this, I knew what that one no, was. No, you're putting faces. Uh, <laughs> you can also support us at Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, you can, you know, tweet out our uh, episodes when they go out live and you can write to us and you can, you know, interact with us. Yeah. That, that's also a good way to we support us. We do enjoy us. it. Um, you can also find me at fuzzballs.co where I draw uh, little kawaii cat tigers bunnies as they do little comic book things. I'm not wearing them on your t shirt no, today. No, I was not, last time. Not. Uh, they're in retail as well. You can find them in Hot Topic online in America. You can. Uh, they're also in like HMV and Forbidden Planet in the UK. So you can go to those stores and you can buy it there as well as on the website. I was in an FP the other day yeah. and I walked past them and like, Fuzzballs! And there's like, like made a lot of noise and pointed at them. And people just looked at me like I was mental. I was going to say, was anyone in the store <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Well, I, like, I was initially just excited because I was yeah. like, Fuzzballs! And then I was with my friend and I was like, oh, look, it's Mark's stuff. And then we had a conversation about it and I was like pointing like loudly. He's like, everyone should look at Fuzzballs. And, and obviously when you buy it, you can tell the cashier, you know, he's on the Watching Friends podcast, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> and Why don't you play that in the shop? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be terrible. I'd stop shopping if I, if I walk into shop and heard my own voice. I'm like, I'm not shopping here. I anymore. really hate it, Ian Chandler. Uh, I really don't like this. I hate this, this joke. It's not funny. It breaks my suspension of disbelief. Oh, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's everywhere you can find me at the moment. And you can find me, as always, at gamehype.co.uk and on the Hype from Out of Heaven podcast as well. What's that about? All sorts of stuff, mostly nerd culture, uh, for the most part gaming. Now, our last episode went live yesterday, and it's about gaming as an art form, where I had a lot of love for uh, the Capcom game, Akami. It's, is it like a, a reverse Friends podcast where there's a little bit of gaming talk, but actually you talk about a lot of Friends in it as a tangent? You know what? There aren't any Ryan tangents in, in this. I managed <laughs> to somehow stay on topic more. Maybe that's yeah. because it relates less to my life. <laughs> Like, you know, I didn't have an X turn into a gaming console, but I did have an X become a lesbian. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah you, you would love that if she turned into a gaming console. You could plug in all your game cartridges and everything. I mean, I can't play with the old one anymore, so I'd have to. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just thinking of the, the old thing you used to do with Nintendo cartridges where you'd have to blow yeah, okay, in. Yeah, <laughs> okay, Normally I take things too far. <laughs> Watch where you put in that scart lead. Uh, yeah, so... I guess that's the end of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, let's, should end it there, yeah? let's end that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. You should be doing the outro. This is your episode. You should be doing all this stuff. You should say we'll be back next week with... We will be back next week. As Mark said, we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Cheerio.